Welcome to Livelihood, providing tactical and practical tips for women who work. I'm Britt Larson, your host. I'm so excited to have Tanya Reagan with me today. She's an incredible female entrepreneur. She is also an incredibly successful real estate developer. And I am somewhat familiar with this industry, but like I was telling her before we started recording, I've never spoken to a woman who is so successful in this industry. And it's one that is difficult to get into, especially to become as successful as she is. So thank you so much, Tanya, for being here on Livelihood today. Yeah. Thank you so much for the invitation. Really excited to be here. Well, I'm excited for you to share your story with our listeners, and I thought you could just start off by telling us a bit about your career to date. Sure. Well, my my career started out actually in corporate America. I, you know, went to an extremely small Christian school, uh, went off to college, and had these aspirations that I wanted to, you know, climb the corporate ladder. So I ended up in New York City shortly after college and worked for a variety of companies in corporate. And at a certain point, I was working like a maniac, traveling all these crazy hours, putting in a tremendous amount of time. You know, I felt like maybe I should consider that on my own. My career started out where I had this idea and this, this you know, vision that I wanted to work in corporate America and climb the corporate ladder. I had graduated from a small Christian school, went off to college from a very small town and you know, had these aspirations that I wanted to live in the big city and climb the corporate ladder. So shortly after college, I ended up in New York City. I went to work for a consulting firm, later on a turnaround firm, you know, sort of worked my way up, realized that I I was you know, making the company that I worked for a lot of money. I was bringing them a lot of clients. I was working a crazy amount of hours. And I just decided that if I was going to do that, maybe it was time that I, that I do it for myself. So I had an opportunity where I knew someone working actually in the oil fields in the Barnett Shale. And they shared with me you know, the opportunities that were here in Dallas. And I ended up flying out to Dallas, spent... A couple weeks here, felt that there was an opportunity for me to go out on my own, continue to work with some of my old clients in the consulting role and expand. I broke up with my boyfriend and moved to Dallas. So, you know, it was an interesting time. That was roughly 2004. I rented a two bedroom, one room I slept in. The other room was sort of our operations center. And I operated like that for about two years until I got some deals behind my belt and some success behind me that I was able to to grow and to uh, find a office. It's crazy. Wow, <laughs> you have such an amazing background. Yeah, and and I actually see not an in industry at all, but I see a lot of similarities in that I went to a small, yeah, private Christian school, moved out to DC lived on nothing, yeah. wanted to make more money, moved back to the West. So 
I have a lot in common with you and just what you said really resonated with me. You recently won an award that is extremely impressive and I thought you could kind of talk about what it means and what it is, but then also what you feel like got you to that point to to be recognized this way. I'm involved in a project in downtown Dallas right now that is in an area of town that's currently being revitalized and I took on a project of a commercial redevelopment project for a building that had several owners prior to myself and it's a very very difficult project. It's a historic building that's on the historic uh, national registry. It's a landmark building, a little tough to make the economics work. You know, some of the, you know, the, the owners prior to me, they just, they couldn't make it work. So, you know, I took on that project. We, we started the first phase and the cleanup and some of the renovation work March of last year. And, you know, during that time of taking on this project, it's interesting that different projects that I've had the opportunity to be involved in, there's always, you know, certain ones that have something that sort of inspires you. And this project in particular, you know, jumping into it, it really had, it really brought a lot of inspiration out in me. And we sort of designed a brand around it, kind of focusing on women, on Jane Jacobs. You know, she was an activist and urban planner that fought against gentrification. She fought to preserve old buildings, keep community fabric. When we started this project, mm. Something that was really important to me was sort of sharing the journey and sharing the story. And, you know, early on, we started, you know, really posting a lot on social media and really talking a lot what was going on in the community, the neighborhood, and even some of the dirt and grime of, you know, what was happening with this project. And what was really interesting to me was how it sort of resonated with both women and it resonated with, you know, people interested in both real estate and construction. And, Wow. Earlier this year, the the Dallas Business Journal, you know, did a uh, story on my involvement downtown Dallas. I've been downtown Dallas for, you know, going on 14 years and I got involved downtown sort of before the urban revival. Been very, very involved. It's been amazing to play a role in and to be a part of. It's just been fantastic, you know, to see an area go from very depressed and kind of vacant and, and distressed to you know, 10 years later, seeing all these people move in and families and dogs and businesses and see a vibrancy. Oh, wow. I mean, it's just... Because it's such a cool place now, but you, you've been part of all it's, of that. It's incredible to feel like you made, you know, you made some level of impact. But the Business Journal earlier this year, you know, shared some of the story and apparently they had a really strong response to it. So... They followed up and they wanted to do a follow-up, which ultimately was uh, featured on as their cover story in one of their magazines. And from there, you know, I guess it just kind of picked up traction where, you know, people were really interested in the story. And, you know, as a result, you know, the the uh, national company, you know, they do a yearly list of who they consider you know, the top influencers in real estate across the country and my, my name was selected. So, you know, it's a, yeah, it's a huge honor. I'm, you know, very appreciative for them to give me that opportunity and give me that platform, you know, that as a result, that's, I guess how we met, uh, you know, you found the story. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, so yeah, it also gives me an opportunity to, you know, kind of highlight that women can be in this industry. You don't see a lot of women in construction, you don't see a lot of women in commercial development, you know, downtown Dallas, you know, I'm really, I'm sort of it, <laughs> you know, also that. it's unique where, 
you know, not only do I work downtown and uh, have an investment downtown, but I also live downtown. You know, I have a little bit different perspective from yeah. some of my peers. And then, of course, you know, I think it, it allows me to bring a little bit different and, you know, really with encouraging, you know, other women to uh, to stay involved and get through, you know, community activism, whether it's through owning their own business, whether it's through getting involved in construction. Oh, that is so amazing. And I, I love that you're touching on the fact that you're definitely in the minority in a pretty male dominated industry. What advice do you have for women who are either founding their own business or entrepreneurs, or maybe they're just in an industry that's similar where they're kind of the only woman in the room and they're getting used to that and trying to navigate that? Well, I would say, you know, I would say a few things. One, you have to be extremely motivated. You know, you really have to believe in your vision and what you're trying to accomplish. You know, for me, it gets a little personal because I have a real strong love for community and really wanting to to make a difference in seeing some of these areas revitalize. You know, I have investments in other parts of the state, but you know, the, the ones that really not only get probably the most focus and get the most um, interest, but also probably because I'm the most passionate about are the ones that are in areas that you can really make an impact. You know, for women, you know, you just really have to, you have to keep yourself motivated. And, you know, there's times that I have, you know, rough days. There's times that I get, you know, certainly feel alone. It can be a beat down at times, but, you know, I go home, I re-energize and the next day, you know, I start my day and I'm fresh. You know, something else that I think is really, really important is, being a support system and looking out for other women. Oh, amen. You know, know, my early, in my earlier career, I wasn't as successful yet. So, you know, it was truthfully, it was easier to find support and it was easier to find mentorship. You know, as I became more successful, it became harder to find those individuals and it became where there was a lot less women around And, you know, today I look around and I think, where'd everybody go? You know, especially working in oil and gas and working in, you know, construction, you know, there's just, there aren't a lot, there aren't a lot of women. And even from the point of, you know, sometimes women feel like other women can be successful or share the spotlight. Like there's only one person who can be at that table or only one person that can be part of the conversation. I want to do everything I can to be a cheerleader, be a supporter and encourage other women to be alongside of me because, you know, there is room for all of us. And, you know, especially as I've become more successful, I, I need and we need to to cheerlead each other. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. I I am like praise hands screaming silently right now because this is exactly why I started livelihood because I felt like you did. The the more I got promoted, the more I felt alone. There's definitely truth to the idea that it's lonely at the top. And I also was feeling very frustrated by other women maybe elbowing me out of the way and feeling like it was competitive when it was unnecessary. So everything you just said, I am, I'm here for it. And I totally believe, and it's, 
it's so nice to hear that you want to give back and that you want to pull up other women with you. Because I think sometimes we get this idea that once you've made it, you're either too busy or uninterested in helping other women. And it's just so cool that you aren't that way. And checking in with yourself. I mean, you know, last year, early last year, I sort of did a self-evaluation, right? Uh-huh. And I realized that, you know, that I was I was striving to do the next big deal or to, you know, do to grow, but to do something bigger or something better or, you know, trying to get past criticism or, you know, try to earn other approval. And you know what? I've got to change that. I've got to change that for myself. I got to change that for my business. I got to change that for how I want to even support and help other women where I need to live differently that I'm not pushing so hard to achieve all these other things for someone else that I'm staying true to my mission and what's important to me, what's important to my business and how I see even my role, you know, within the community. Wow. That's so powerful and incredible that someone with the level of success that you have, because I feel like I do this constantly and I kind of thought it was something I'd grow out of, (laughs) but it's nice to see you kind of constantly have to check in and see if what you're spending your time on aligns with your values. That's really interesting. And to keep your passion, because what happens is at a certain point, you know, as you, you know, as you move up, as you do more deals, as you grow your business, as you become more successful, you know, it's really easy sometimes to get complacent or to lose that passion. So, you know, being able to check in with yourself and make sure that you are, you know, you're reigniting that. And that's where, you know, for me, especially in the type of business I'm in, you know, being able to be involved with different projects and look for different ways to be inspired, you know, helps me to keep that passion. Oh, I love that. And that goes to my next question that everyone I think has something that gets them out of bed every morning. And what is that thing for you? What is most rewarding about your job? I would say it's a couple of things. I love the art of the deal. Hmm. And I'll give you an example. You know, I am probably the most impatient, patient person, you know. And what I mean by that <laughs> is, you know, some of my projects, they take a long time. We just completed a project that I've been working on for almost 10 years. Oh my God. And, you know, certainly when I, yeah, when I started that project, I didn't think it was going to take quite (laughs) that long, but it did. And I walked away a couple of times and thought, you know what, this is never going to happen. Walked away, found myself back at it, walked away, found myself back at it. And, you know, more recently, probably about two years ago, I had just come to terms with the fact that it just was never going to happen. And then lo and behold, you know, February this year, all of a sudden it came together and it came together fast. And, you know, 90 days later, all of a sudden we're, we're, we're rolling. So, you know, wow. yeah. So, you know, when I say the most impatient patient, really, really difficult to stay to something for that long, but I continue to work the deal. And what makes me motivated in the morning is I just love the art of the deal. Even sometimes, let's say, you know, for this project, for example, we complete it, we finish it. There's almost a little bit of a letdown for me sometimes when things get sold or the project ends because I love the art of the design. I love the art of the execution. Hmm. And, you know, sometimes when it's all done, it's a kind of a letdown for me because, 
you know, now it's over and I got to move on. So that certainly gets me motivated in the morning. Also, you know, I love being able to, you know, make an impact. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, see them from start to finish and see the result of what it has, what it has made in the community in some of these areas has just been rewarding for me. And I get very inspired and motivated off that. There really is nothing more rewarding, regardless of what you do or what industry you work in, than seeing a completed project. I have not seen anything I've been involved with that's taken a decade. That's amazing. Yeah, the time. Um, it's a long time. It's a long time, but <laughs> it almost makes it even sweeter, I'm sure, when it when it comes to pass and it actually happens. I really like that you said that you love the art of the deal because I know this is a stereotype, but I don't think we often hear that from women. And that's stereotypically a very male thing to love the negotiations and the process and that women often shy away from that. So I just love that you are owning that and you know that that's what you love because I know there are going to be women listening to this that feel the same. I'm the same way. You know, it applies to my industry in in a slightly different way, but I, I honestly thought growing up that something was wrong with me because I like to debate. I like to, to make things happen. And too often we, we shame women or make them feel like that's not normal. So I'm so glad you touched on that. And there is surprises every single day. And you can get up in the morning and think that it's a muffin. You've got everything scheduled for that morning. Your phone is buzzing. And it's like there's something in the air because everything just changed for that day. Things are broken. You know, this happened, that happened. And, you know, although that can be incredibly frustrating, I find it also really exciting because every day is so different. And that's even goes along with, you know, my earlier comment about the art of the deal. You know, it's fun. It's so much fun to be able to work through the process and you know, probably one of the most challenging things for me sometimes, knowing when it's okay to say, you know what, this is taking too much time, it's taking too much energy, it's taking too many resources. Yeah, I've got, you know, X amount of time in this project, but you know what, I'm going to give myself a pass and say, my time's better utilized elsewhere, and it's time to move on. That's something that I've gotten better at as I've gotten older, because I've had to in order to grow my business, you know, it's, it's still, it's still a challenge for me. I mean, I just told you about the deal that I worked on for 10 years and I still act to it, you know, just knowing when it's uh, okay. And when it's time to either, you know, walk away from something, uh, leave something behind, or even, you know, readjust and refocus your business when something's not working, you know, that it's, that it's time to, or adapt. I think it's so important and honestly, it's one of the main things I look at and try and decipher during an interview process with a potential employee is that ability to adapt because in today's economy, regardless of what you do, that is such an important thing. And I think that if you can bring that to the table, just your ability to to grow and change with the business and, and not be so close to it that you can't see that. That's really important. Especially as a small business or as an entrepreneur or, you know, someone that is working within a startup, you know, being able to adapt and being able to move forward or, you know, walk away from some portion of it can be the difference of your survival. So I think a lot of small businesses and a lot of companies starting out fail because they are so attached to either, you know, the idea 
so attached to start that they can't, um, you know, they either can't adapt or they're not, they're not willing to shift gears. And ultimately, you know, it costs them their business because they run out of time. You only have so many resources. You only have so much time. You know, it costs a lot for overhead. If you're not able to make those changes, no matter how great of idea you have, or no matter how great a product you have, you will run out of money before you get it to execution. Absolutely. And I think that that warning, whether you're in the middle of launching or you've already launched your product, I think getting getting that reminder, regardless of where you're at, is is important because like you said, you you can't be so close to it that you exactly you are unwilling to change with the market or whatever is happening. Which brings me to the question of what is a hurdle that you've overcome in your business that you look back on now and proud of, or, you know, maybe one of your biggest wins or a deal that you thought wasn't going to come through that you're very proud of that you've overcome? Well, I've had several things that I didn't know if I was going to make it across the finish line, but um, ultimately we got there. I, you know, I'll share with you something that was, that's, there's actually two examples that have probably been two of the most exciting things like I've been involved in. You know, probably the first one was when I first moved to Texas working in the Barnett Shale. You know, at that time, you know, there were very, very few women, you know, working in the, in the oil and gas play. I can only imagine. I just think that is so cool that you worked in oil and gas yeah. 14 years ago. And I, it sounds like so I had an opportunity at that time to, you know, there was uh, an opportunity to acquire some acreage and to get involved in uh, the Bakken up in North Dakota. And ultimately, you know, I spent some time up there, ended up putting together, you know, several thousand uh, acres. And it was like being in the, in the real wild, it felt like I was in the wild west. I mean, you know, there weren't a lot of women. It was in a time when there weren't a lot of large uh, producers in the area. They were small, you know, really mid-sized independents. And, you know, through the course of a couple of years was able to acquire a really, really large amount of acreage that uh, was that was drilled and that was uh, put into production. So, that, you know, that was an opportunity that I'll probably never get to live again. You know, something else that, you know, been a wonderful opportunity was being, you know, in downtown Dallas, and things were were relatively uh, quiet. I was got involved in a section of downtown, sort of the forgotten area of downtown. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called the Farmers Market area. It's on the southeastern side of downtown. Early on, uh, put together some acreage and purchased some acreage, and you know, went on to form a nonprofit that was made up of business organizations and property owners that lobbied both at the state and local level to save our historical farmers Mm. market and to transform the entire neighborhood. And, you know, when I started that organization, there were roughly around 200 in the neighborhood. And now we just hit 4,500. We're actually the largest and most successful residential neighborhood in downtown Dallas. And, you know, that's something that, you know, something I'm, I'm very, very proud of and to be part of that transformation. So, you know, those are a couple, you know, I've, I've got to start to the finish. Um, you know, probably something else is, you know, I served on the advisory board for a oil and gas firm that is, um, uh, you know, being able to serve in that role because of some of my experience up in North Dakota and throughout Texas, 
you know, something else that I'm really proud of to be, um, you know, to be involved in a role such as that. Um, so those are, those are a few things. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, just hearing about, like you said, it was the wild west. Oh, yeah. that I'm sure you have some great war stories. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I mean, it sounds strange to say I'll probably never live to get to do something like that again, but you know, that's, you know, going back to your earlier question about what motivates me, it's, you know, pushing myself to get uncomfortable and, you know, looking for those opportunities where I can have those experiences and take my business in a, in a direction that it was such a fun time. And, you know, I, I strive to, to feel that again, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel, again, I feel like you and I are soul sisters. I feel that way about Capitol Hill. I worked in DC for a few years and I wouldn't do it again if you paid me a million dollars, but it was such a unique and cool experience that, yeah, I will never do that again, but it need to think about. <laughs> yeah, it's like you want to write a book, right? It's like someday I just want to like all the funny stories and things that have happened too that you're like, nobody this. They will never believe it. I need to document this somewhere and create a book with all these different chapters of things you would never believe happened. I experienced or I lived through. I mean, write all those things down, piece them together for your, you know, grandkids or your, you know, your, your kids someday just to, just to read about. <laughs> exactly. I, I definitely would read your book because <laughs> I can only imagine what you have seen and put up with and gone through in the oil industry as a woman. And it's just so inspiring to hear how excited and passionate you still are. Because like you said, as you have risen up and become more and more successful, unfortunately, there are fewer and fewer women in the room with you. And I think that more women need to hear about how fun work can be and how rewarding it can be. And that's really why I started Livelihood, because I felt like there were so many stories being shared about how hard and disappointing and frustrating being a working woman can be. So I'm just, I'm so inspired by your positivity and, and I'm just so thankful that you shared your story. Do you have anything else you want to add? Well, just to your last comment, I think, you know, women too, at some point feel like they have to make a choice, right? You know, looking at, you know, myself, uh, you know, I, I do not need children. You know, I am in a serious relationship, but I have not been married. And, you know, I certainly, I love what I do and I'm highly motivated, but I've had to, you know, I've had to choose a little bit different path. And, you know, I have had to make those choices. And, you know, I think that is something that a lot of women struggle with, what direction to take and, you know, what is okay and not okay for themselves. And, you know, I've always felt like, you know, that a woman can have it all, right? That they can have a family. And I've certainly seen women around me that do it. Uh, but, yeah. you know, it's it's a difficult, it's difficult. And sometimes, you know, you do have to make those choices. And I think that is another reason why, especially in my industry, why you see uh, less women because of the, you know, the toll and the amount of hours and the time that it takes that, um, you know, that, that time gets allocated and dedicated elsewhere. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And it, it's definitely taken sacrifices to become as successful as you've been. I'm sure. I'm sure it has. 
So, so I, I still think that those opportunities are out there for me. I still think they're ahead, but you know, it certainly has been delayed because of, uh, you know, because of growing my business. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And it's the constant battle in whether it's internal or external that I think every woman goes through. Do I go back to school now or do I wait till my kids are right? Or do I move somewhere where I can date because there's nobody here for me? I mean, it's just, I think. And women are hard on themselves, you know, we're, we're way harder on ourselves. You know, men kind of beat their chest a little and they like shrug it (laughs) off or they, you know, but women, you know, by nature, we, uh, you know, we tend to be extremely hard on ourselves. That's very true. And I'm glad you brought that up. And I feel like Honestly, that's a really good place to to end the episode because look at your your path that you've taken and you've just won this incredible award. But I love that you spent almost the entire time talking about your passion, but also just sharing your story. And that's one of the big messages of livelihood is is sharing your story because the more that each of us shares our stories, the more we'll learn from each other, the more we'll understand that we're not alone. And the more we'll be able to to conquer the problems ahead of us. So absolutely, I'm just so glad that I was connected with you. Yes, me too. I mean, I, future following some of your stories, I really, you know, I love what you're doing. I appreciate that you're giving women this platform and, you know, giving us the opportunity to, you know, share our stories, but also to you know, to connect. Absolutely. At the end of the day, livelihood is a community. So I hope that as I share your story, that it resonates with women. I have uh, seen actually in quite a few of the private Facebook groups I'm in with different types of women, entrepreneurs, corporate women, that development is really on women's minds. And I think it's been a man's game for too long. So I hope that this inspires other women to get involved in this industry. Is there anything else you want to, no, to end you know, on? No, really just an uh, ending of encouragement that the women out there that are listening to this story or listening, you know, to your podcast that, you know, that they, you know, that, that they stay and stick to their dreams, that they stick to their vision and, you know, you know, set the naysayers aside or, um, you know, if there's, there's people in their lives that are, that they feel are either holding them back or keeping them back, they, you know, listen to their own intuition and that they, you know, that they, that they push forward and live their dreams and, you know, live their, live their best life. Cause we've only got one. <laughs> and I love, um, I saw in that biz journal article to bring everything full circle. I love that you said you're no longer asking for permission. I love that. And I think every woman needs that. In yes. Their own life. Yes. That you're living your life for you and for what you are trying to, you know, strive to be or how you're moving your business forward. And, you know, you don't need anyone else permission to, you know, do what's right for you. Oh, amen. Well, thank you so much, Tanya. I am just, thank you. I'm inspired. I can't <laughs> wait to hear you. And I've learned so much from you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Livelihood. Please share this episode with your friends and be sure to follow Livelihood on Instagram and join the Livelihood community group on Facebook. 
You can always find more info and episodes on livelihoodwithaway.com.